you hear a knock on the door and open it to find two friendly representatives from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, otherwise known as the Mormon Church. So what will you say? Will you send them away without a Christian witness? Or will you engage them in a meaningful and Christ-honoring conversation? If you desire the latter, may we suggest the book, Answering Mormon's Questions, by Mormonism Research Ministries' Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson. Answering Mormon's Questions is available wherever you find quality Christian books. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. How are Latter-day Saints supposed to recognize the Spirit? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week we've been looking at an article in the Liahona magazine. It's dated June 2023, an article titled, How Do I Recognize the Spirit? It was an article written by Mark A. Matthews, who is involved in the LDS Church with its seminaries and institutes. And as I explained earlier, seminaries are generally on a high school level of education, whereas institutes are more of a college level of education within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He acknowledges that many in his church wonder how do they recognize the Spirit. If recognizing the Spirit is important, and I would agree that it is, of course, I think even more important is making sure that you're recognizing the true Holy Spirit. And that's really what we're talking about here, because as we've demonstrated this week, it is quite possible for a person to believe a false spirit. And of course, they could believe a false spirit thinking it's a true spirit. I would say that knowing whether or not something is of the Holy Spirit can be hard sometimes because not everything we face in everyday life is spelled out in black and white in the scriptures. That's what we're going to be looking at in particular today. But Mark Matthews says towards the end of the first column on page eight, because spiritual truths are not typically seen with our natural eyes, they cannot be learned with our natural senses or intellect. As a result, we can only come to know them by the Spirit. And as a reference, he points to 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10. And then he concludes that paragraph by saying, the Holy Ghost must confirm them to us. See Moroni 10.4. Bill, why do you think that he says that spiritual truths are not typically seen with natural eyes? Because for us as Christians, we read the Bible, and I think we can understand spiritual truths based on what we read from it. I think you're right. We could say, well, wait a minute. A spiritual truth is found in the pages of the Bible. So yes, I can see them with my natural eyes. Now, can everybody who reads some of those truths in the Bible understand what those truths are saying to them? Well, the Bible gives the impression that probably not, that that has to be spiritually discerned. The Holy Spirit has to be working in that individual's life for the person to understand those kinds of things. 
but the truths are there for us to see nonetheless. I can see the words on the written page, but whether or not I understand that would depend upon the spirits working in my personal lives. I guess the question that I ask when I read this sentence, though, Eric, is what spiritual truths is he really talking about? If we have spiritual truth in the written pages of the Bible, and he's saying that that's not quite enough, what is he saying that Latter-day Saints should be seeking? Are they looking for something outside of the Bible? Now, we know to a certain extent that has to be true because they have their own set of scriptures, as we've talked about this week. Not only do they believe the Bible to be their scriptures, they also have the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, the Pearl of Great Price, and even the inspired words of their living prophets are also to be accepted as scripture. And I've often commented that that's got to make the job of the Latter-day Saint a little bit more difficult because now they have to discern whether or not something one of their leaders says is something that should be believed. He quotes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. This is what it says in the ESV. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. On Monday, Bill, you and I talked about 2 Corinthians eleven four and how it's important to have the true Jesus, the true Spirit, and the true gospel. And it's possible that people could be reading the words of the Bible, for instance, and not understand because they're not spiritually discerned. Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 14 through 16, and this is what he says. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but he himself is judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Bill, I think that's key right there, the end of verse 16 We have the mind of Christ. You have to have the Holy Spirit, the true Holy Spirit, who is a part of your life. You can't just have the Spirit, which is not the same. And when we take into account that LDS leaders have made it very clear that the one they see as being God the Father is different than what we see God the Father to be, The same would be true when it comes to Jesus. LDS leaders have made comments making it clear that the Jesus that they believe in is not the Jesus we believe in. Bruce McConkie, an apostle back in the 1960s in Mormon Doctrine, page 269, said, "...in virtually all the millions of apostate Christians have abased themselves before the mythical throne of a mythical Christ, whom they vainly suppose to be a spirit essence who is incorporeal, uncreated, immaterial, and three-in-one with the Father and Holy Spirit. So wouldn't you say by that comment made by McConkie that, see, he seems to assume that we can be misled by a false spirit to believe the things that we believe about Jesus. Well, if they're worshiping a different Jesus in their Godhead, and if they're worshiping a different God the Father in their Godhead, what makes you assume that their spirit is the correct spirit? It would not seem to be that way with me. I'm just looking at it kind of logically here, and I know that sometimes can throw you off when you're dealing with the subjects of Mormonism. But still, what I take away from this paragraph, though, when Mr. Matthews finishes the paragraph by saying, the Holy Ghost must confirm them to us. 
it sounds like we're the arbiter of truth now. We're going to have to somehow make the decision. Does this really speak to us as being true? Is this really coming from the Holy Ghost? Should we confirm this? But then he cites as his proof text Moroni 10.4. Now, Moroni 10.4 is often cited by Mormon missionaries when they're trying to get a prospective convert to the LDS Church by using the Book of Mormon as the reason to join. And obviously, their, their conclusion is, is this is an ancient scripture. And you ask, well, how do you know it's ancient scripture? And they might tell you, because it came by a prophet of God. Well, how do you know he's a prophet of God? Well, he gave us ancient scripture. Now, we would call that circular reasoning, but a lot of Latter-day Saints have explained it that way. I've had Latter-day Saints explain it to me that way. I don't think that's a, a good form of reasoning there. But what is Moroni 10.4? It says very simply, And when you shall receive these things, I would exhort you that you would ask God, the Eternal Father, in the name of Christ, if these things are not true, and if ye shall ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, that last portion of that verse is probably why Mr. Matthews felt that it was a good text to support his premise. But let me throw this out, though. If faith in Christ is absolutely imperative in discerning whether or not the Book of Mormon is true, and in fact, the LDS Church is representing a different Christ, a Christ that no one else describes the way they describe their Christ, then it would seem to disqualify just about everybody because nobody would really have a proper understanding of even who Christ is unless they've already embraced a lot of the errors that the LDS Church has regarding their Christ. Let me take it further, Eric, when we look at verse 4. In order to know whether or not the Book of Mormon is true, you have to ask God about it with a sincere heart and with real intent, coupled with that particular faith in Christ that I just described. But yet, when a prospective convert follows the guidelines being handed down by the missionaries, and let's say they came back a week later, and they are told by this prospective convert, well, I read the Book of Mormon, and I prayed about it like you said, but I just don't believe it's true. I don't believe this is ancient scripture. I don't believe there were really Nephites or Lamanites who went through all these adventures that are talked about in the Book of Mormon. Do you really think those Mormon missionaries are going to say, well, you know what? Then I guess it's not true then, is it? And they're going to leave their church? Not likely. That's not going to happen. In other words, unless you come up with the answer that the missionaries want you to come up with, they're not going to embrace your feelings, but yet feelings are very important when it comes to determining whether or not the Book of Mormon is true. The same goes with this phrase, real intent. Well, what does real intent really mean? I asked a young Mormon that question many years ago, and he said, well, you have to want it to be true. Well, you can see the danger involved in that if you want something to be true, naturally, you're going to be inclined to go in that direction, even when there could be perhaps some red flags to tell you to be more cautious. So here's, here's the dilemma. 
You're supposed to approach this with a sincere heart and with real intent, having faith in Christ. But if you don't believe the Book of Mormon is true, then obviously in the mind of the Latter-day Saint, you really never had a sincere heart. You didn't have real intent. And maybe even your faith in Christ is lacking in some area. So this, in my opinion, Eric, is a horrible test for determining truth. And I've even had some Latter-day Saints, when I'm explaining the problems I have with the coming forth of the Book of Mormon and the gold plate story and things like that, they'll tell me, well, just forget about all that and just pray about it. Well, you can't do that, because if the story about the gold plates leading to the translation into the Book of Mormon is not true, there is no Moroni 10.4 that they're citing to me here. Or, as Mr. Matthews has cited in his article, how do I recognize the Spirit? So you can see it gets very complicated very quickly. Whereas Christians, we go to the written Word of God for our revealed truth. Mormons must be looking for something outside of that written Word of God. Or I would even say looking for something beyond even their own unique written scriptures. You would think the written Word would be enough for them, but it is giving the impression here that, no, we're talking about something else. And if we're talking about something else, you can imagine the difficulty in trying to discern whether or not it's really the Holy Spirit telling you to go into a certain direction. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.